Hey everyone, welcome to the first official episode of Beauty Within Us, the podcast where we'll talk about all things beauty from the inside out. I'm your host, Rachel Cora. Today, we're going to dive in and talk about all of the myths that surround the beauty industry. Working behind the chair for over six years and with social media today, I have seen and heard just about anything that you could possibly imagine. So let's get in and let's debunk some of these myths. first myth that we're going to be diving into today is one that I hear probably at least once a day, if not more than that, and that is, does shaving make your hair grow back darker and more coarse? And the easy answer to that is no, but let's talk about why. So the reason that so many people think that when they shave, their hair grows back darker and more coarse is because what shaving does is really creates a blunt edge to the hair. So when that fresh hair pierces through the skin, the edge is going to be sharper as it was if it had never been shaved or if it had been waxed because waxing pulls straight from the follicle so the hair can grow back in its natural untouched state. If you think of the hair on your head, for instance, when you first get a new haircut, your ends are usually pretty straight and blunt all across the bottom. And then when you come in for your next cut in, say, four to six weeks, those ends aren't as blunt anymore. And that's just because of splitting due to heat damage, environmental damage, all of those things. And while you wouldn't think of your body hair having damage, it really does have damage from the environment, from rolling around in your sheets at night, from the clothes you wear, all sorts of things. So because this myth has been around for so long now, people tend to like jump when I say that I shave my face once a week. And for some reason, it seems to be like all taboo that women shave their faces, but really it should be normalized, I think, because you have different things such as like PCOS and other medications that make body hair grow. Um, IUDs tend to make body hair grow, all of these sorts of things. I love shaving my face. It makes my makeup go on smooth. It helps clear your skin. You obviously don't want to shave like right over active breakouts or anything like that but it's actually very similar to dermaplaning. The dermaplaning blade tends to get a little bit closer to the skin versus a single blade razor, but it does help with deep exfoliation, getting rid of dead skin cells as well. So that's one of the things that I totally love about it. Um, If you decide to incorporate this into your routine, I would definitely say just make sure that you replace that razor once a week. Don't let it sit for too long. And just remember too that shaving and removing body hair these days is like totally a personal choice. I think it's becoming a lot more socially acceptable to not remove it or to wait a while before you remove it, to let it grow out, to get waxed, all of these things. And just remember shaving isn't the only method of removing body hair. You can obviously wax and that pulls it straight from the follicle so when it grows back in it's going to be a little bit more smooth and not have that blunt edge. And you have other things such as laser, sugaring, all of those things that as it grows back, it's not going to be quite so sharp as it is with shaving, which is what created this whole myth and conspiracy anyway. So I hope this clarifies some things for you guys. It really doesn't grow back thicker and more coarse. It really just grows back sharper, so it's more noticeable for you. But with all that being said, let's move on to my next myth. And myth number two is that color takes better on dirty hair. I'm not sure who put this out into the universe or where it even came from, but it is not true or false, really. Color will pretty much penetrate through clean or dirty hair. It's not really going to make that much of a difference either way. 
The one thing that I will say about coming in with like three, four, and five day dirty hair is that sebum from the scalp obviously creates excess oil and that oil can sometimes push the color back away from the scalp a little bit. So a lot of times as a stylist, we'll see this happening and we can go back in and reapply that product on those sections where it's been pushed back off of. But overall, having dirty or clean hair doesn't really affect the outcome. That being said, I will say that if your scalp is a little bit more sensitive usually or you're prone to irritation and itchiness when you do get your hair colored, sometimes having maybe two to three days of that extra sebum on the scalp can kind of create a protective barrier for your scalp from getting so irritated. But otherwise, I would say if you come in with it clean or you come in with it dirty, it's not really gonna make much of a difference to us as a stylist. Another thing that we can touch on here is using dry shampoo and micellar water cleansers on your no wash days. I just had a guest ask me the other day if she had to use one of them if she wasn't gonna wash her hair. And of course the answer is no. If you're not gonna wash your hair, you're not gonna wash it. You may feel a little bit oilier the next day. You may not. You might switch up how you style it so that it doesn't feel so oily, things like that. But I thought that was really interesting that people are thinking if you're not shampooing, you have to use a dry shampoo. And that's just something that's totally not true. Dry shampoo and other like no wash day cleansers are totally just an option for you. If you feel like you're so oily that you have to wash it, but you A, don't have time, or B, you're not in the right place, all of those factors play into it. But dry shampoo, micellar water cleansers, and foams, all of that stuff is great to use if you want to, or if you feel like you need it to help cover or clean up that extra sebum. But if you don't, just roll with it. So the last myth that we'll be touching on today has to do with trims making your hair grow faster. And while this isn't totally true, let me kind of explain why your hairstylist will still tell you that you need to get it trimmed even if you're trying to grow longer hair. So hair really only grows about a half inch a month. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, but a half inch a month is the standard so you can pretty much grow up to six inches of new hair a year. So in hearing this you would probably think, well if my hair can grow up to six inches a year, why would I get it cut in the first place? And it really goes back to kind of what we touched on earlier with damage to the hair. Damage can come from all sorts of different elements. You have environmental damage such as the wind and the heat and the sun, and then you have heat damage from styling products and all sorts of different things that encompass damage in the hair, which all cause split ends. And while there are tons of products out in the world for split end repair, no product can actually go in and refuse those hair ends back together. What those products typically do is they smooth them down for the day until you next shampoo and then you have to kind of smooth them back down again. So think of it as a glue that can hold the ends together for a little while, but they will end up re-splitting up higher and higher. So because of the hair splitting, you have to get it cut over time just to clean up those split ends so that they don't split up. A lot of the times what we'll see, especially in younger girls who really just want long hair, is they will go so long without getting a cut, but then to totally even out and take care of all their split ends, they're having to get more taken off of the ends to help compensate for that. So a lot of times as stylists, we say, yeah, let's make sure we're still scheduling a trim so that we can keep your hair growing nice and healthy. It's not necessarily going to grow faster though. 
Typically, when I have a guest tell me that they're wanting to grow their hair out, I will say that maybe instead of going every five weeks for a cut, we push it out to maybe eight weeks or 10 to 12 weeks, depending on how often they heat style their hair, the environment in which they live, all of those things play a factor, like I previously mentioned. But we can kind of push and lengthen out those appointments so that you're not needing them so often and then you're still getting that nice, healthy growth in between. This is one of the reasons why it's so important to have shared trust with your stylist so that you know you're both working towards your hair goals in the most appropriate and healthy way. I hope that going over these myths cleared some things up for you all, and now let's get into some questions. The first question that I have is about coconut oil and does it actually do anything? Coconut oil definitely had its time in the media. It had its time to shine. My personal experience with coconut oil from the store has been A, use it for cooking, or B, I have used it previously to take my makeup off just because I had a friend tell me to give it a try. I hated it, (laughs) personally. It made my eyes burn a little bit, and it was just not my friend. And I know that coconut oil, whether it's refined or unrefined from the grocery store, is not put to the standards that it is when there's coconut oil in beauty products. Coconut oil from the store tends to build up, it tends to clog pores, and it tends to kind of coat the hair instead of penetrate all the good oils into the hair. All that being said, some of my favorite products that I use do have coconut oil in them, but they're obviously specially formulated for the products that they are in. I definitely do not recommend going to the store and slathering your whole body in coconut oil Not my thing, but I love products that do have coconut oil in them. Hopefully that helps. And then, you know, if you love and live by coconut oil, that's great, but it just might not work for everyone. The final question I have for you today is what is the best way to control flyaways, especially in humidity? So I'm an Aveda girl at heart. That's what I use in the salon, and that's pretty much everything that I use at home. And my favorite humidity defense product is our Style Prep Smoother. It has 12-hour humidity defense. It's been tested and approved that we have that 12-hour humidity defense claim. So I'd love that if I'm going to be blow-drying something into my hair. If I just want something to lay on top of the hair to smooth in, of course, the product that I love the most we are no longer making because it has silicone in it, and that's like such a bad thing anymore, apparently. Silicone, sometimes I think hair just really thrives on silicone, but I can go off on that forever, and I'll talk about that in a different episode, I'm sure. So what I typically use now for flyaways is just hairspray. You can spray some hairspray on a toothbrush, kind of smooth them through, just use your hand to hold the flyaways down, spray the hairspray. Another trick that I like to do is just take my paddle brush, spray some hairspray on it, and brush it through, and that pretty much helps with flyaways also. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the first official episode of Beauty Within Us. If you like what you heard this week, I have so much more content coming out for you all every Wednesday. If you want to follow along, you can subscribe to the podcast or follow me at Rachel Cora. That's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-R-A-H. And I will see you next week.